Before we begin, this podcast deals with several heavy topics over the course of its four episodes, including topics of violence and mental health. We advise parental discretion if listening with children. When Yang Xiaohui had just started believing in Jesus, she learned about him by singing. At home, her husband taught her Christian songs. After the wedding, he'd let me to sing hymns daily, something he'd like to do. That was how I started to get into it. More and more, I slowly got to know God. At church, she sang with the kids. Singing about Jesus was how she came to know Jesus. So when she went to jail, she kept singing. We started singing. Then everyone was singing. They said, You sing so well, such a good song with such beautiful lyrics. Sing for us again. The Bible says that about 2,000 years ago, something similar happened in a jail cell in Greece. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were all listening to them. Many years later, in a jail cell in northern China, Xiao Hui and her friends sang in their own prison. In a place of despair, the words of heaven rang out in the darkness. Even though I came out of that 15-day detention victoriously, it was not a good place. It was really hell on earth. Because of that, I don't want any of my friends to suffer the same way. I don't want others to have to go in there. This is the House Church in China. This podcast is a true story of how Yang Xiaohui suffered, but why her suffering was worth it. It's a story of what happened to her in jail, and how the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Last time we shared about how Xiao Hui came to know Jesus and how his light changed a shy girl into a courageous woman. Her courage led her to boldly proclaim the Christ who set her free. But that freedom had a price. 
Late in the summer of 2022, Yang Xiaohui was also seized from her home. Only eight months after her husband went to jail for his faith, she was also taken from her children and put into prison. Here is what happened there. That first night, after she was grabbed from her kitchen while making dinner for her family, Xiaohui was taken to a detainment center. After several hours in the middle of the night, she was thrown into a cell with eight or nine others. She knew she would be staying there for 15 days. Xiaohui was nervous, but she believed God put her in this place to share his light. I forced myself to preach the gospel and to exalt God. I was also timid, and there were times when I wasn't brave enough to speak. Xiaohui and the others in her cell swapped stories of how they had ended up in jail. People from all walks of life end up in Chinese prison for any number of reasons. Xiaohui met women in jail for fighting, prostitution, theft, protesting about a broken contract, and even immigration violations. But that night, most of the women in her cell had been put there for gambling. The police had just raided a gambling den, and they dumped everyone they found in jail. In China, addictive gambling is a big problem, with much higher rates of addiction than in any Western country, despite it being banned on the mainland. So women in prison for gambling are highly socially stigmatized. In the U.S., heroin addiction might be a good comparison. Xiaohui tried to explain to these women that she had been put in jail for gathering with other Christians. Although her church was banned, they continued to gather. But her cellmates could not make sense of her story. The woman understood clearly that they were in jail because they were addicts. In Chinese society, Jail was their rightful place. Xiaohui was a law-abiding citizen whose crime was worship. She insisted she had done nothing wrong. Yet police claimed she was a danger to society. Even one of the police officers sent to interrogate her seemed confused. You must have done something wrong. If not, the authorities would not have arrested you so readily. Something didn't add up. So her cellmates responded in a way that made sense. They mocked her. They thought, you still got arrested, even though you did good things. Another woman, whose mom was a Christian, seemed to believe Xiao Hui when she said she had done nothing wrong. But she told Xiao Hui this scared her even more. She said, if this is true, now I am afraid to look for a church for my mom. You are a good person, doing good things, yet you are arrested. Although her cellmates were making fun of her, Xiaohui did not take offense. When the guards told them they had to clean their cell each day, the nine or so other cellmates with her said they did not like or even know how to do such tedious chores. So Xiaohui wiped the bathrooms, scrubbed the floors, meticulously folded all the blankets, and cleaned. 
they did not say a word. I could sense that although they were laughing at my rest, in fact, they secretly respected me. I did not feel tired. I took the task as a grace from God, and I did it. At night, the women were required to take turns standing two-hour shifts while the others slept. The rules were strict: no looking sideways, no moving, just standing motionless and silently staring at their cellmates. Guards watched them closely on the video monitor. If they moved even slightly, the guards would screech through the monitors and wake the whole cell. Stop moving! Stand straight! Early on in her time in jail, Xiao Hui fainted during one of her night shifts. When she woke up, the officer said Xiao Hui could get someone else to finish in her place. But she decided not to wake the others. To spare them, she finished on her own. The next day, the other women couldn't understand why she had sacrificed herself to allow them a little more rest. But Xiao Hui soon realized something was shifting in the atmosphere. My cellmates began to look at me differently. All this service was not easy. Xiao Hui was weak. And it was cold in her cell. Guards had cut the side of her dress, so her body was exposed to the chilly night air. She had only a vest to keep herself warm, and she began to get sick. During the day, she ached. At night, she struggled to stay awake. About this time, guards began to transfer her from cell to cell. Most of the time in the day, we were sitting on small stools. They did not allow chatting or moving too much. However, we were all terribly bored. When people are bored, they love stories. They would come to me, tell us some stories, tell us about Jesus. So she did. With each new transfer, she told her new roommates about Jesus, about his love, and about his sacrifice and power. She told so many prisoners about Jesus that a police officer reprimanded her. After he interrogated her about gathering to worship with her house church, he said, "You can't gather here in the detention center either." I was a bit startled hearing that. Did he see me sharing the gospel through the security camera? But I thought, you were the ones who put me in here. You were the ones who locked twelve people up in a twenty square meter space, not me. I did not do anything. Xiao Hui didn't just share stories about Jesus. Each night, as she stood guard for hours, she prayed. She learned a lot about her cellmates and their families and their daytime chats. In the previous year, she had taken part in a camp that taught her to battle in prayer. So during her nightly hours on guard, Xiao Hui looked at each woman, and she prayed for them. Many of the prisoners were quite forthright; their own lives were in shambles. One woman said she had given up. She said, "Every time I'm determined to quit gambling after I get out of here, but I just cannot change." I found a starting point for sharing the gospel. 
I said, "We ourselves cannot change. We have to rely on God." After about a week, Xiao Hui was transferred to cell number one. Around this time, the illness Xiao Hui had been fighting got much worse. But in this cell, she found a familiar face. Her friend Chen Shang, whose husband was imprisoned with Xiao Hui's. Throughout her time in detention, Xiao Hui's biggest fear had been that more believers would be thrown into jail with her. She described prison as hell. So each night, when another woman was thrown into the cell, Xiao Hui was terrified to look up. When that door clattered and opened, the prison door was very loud. I felt very nervous to see if there would be another sister. So here was Chen Shang, in the same predicament as Xiao Hui. Chen Shang had been seized the day after Xiao Hui, while she was eating lunch during the adjournment of her husband's trial. Just as with Xiao Hui, police were trying to keep her from court during the trial. Although Xiao Hui did not want any other believers to face jail like she was, she needed a friend. Chen Shang cared for and nursed Xiao Hui back to health. Together, the two of them experience God's presence in jail. Xiao Hui and Chen Shang spent the rest of their time in detainment in cell number one. Cell number one was the model cell for the whole detainment center, but even there, the treatment was harsh. Officers cursed and screamed most of the day. It was terrible in there. They screamed at us every day, as if the officers could not say anything except cursing. The people in jail were like that too. They were scared of the officers, but they screamed at each other. They sounded so harsh. Of course, this was a horrible experience for the prisoners. But Xiao Hui also began to worry about the officers doing the screaming. She fretted over their personal lives. Perhaps, out of habit, they returned home and yelled at their children every day. Maybe their anger was going to make them physically ill. I was moved to think about them in my heart all the time, so I also prayed for them. And again, just like it had with her mocking cellmates, something changed. I didn't know if it was because I prayed, so that the officer would become so gentle. I dare not say so, but I saw that the fiercest officer actually smiled while talking to me. That harshest officer, whom no one else ever saw crack a smile, reached out and gave Xiao Hui water when she needed it. When Xiao Hui was ill. The same guard offered to let her sit instead of stand during her guard shift. Still, other officers gave her medicine. The guards yelled at their charges all day, and the other inmates mocked what they could not understand. But in prison, Xiao Hui realized in a way she hadn't before that God was real and was with her. The Bible tells believers to overcome evil with good. It also says, "The light shines in the darkness." And the darkness has not overcome it. In prison, this was no longer just words on a page. Although it seemed like Xiao Hui was helpless, in reality, 
The others in the detention center did not have the power of light that Xiaohui possessed in her weakest moments. When she was out of prison, Xiaohui reflected. Having been Christians for years, we may have forgotten about the kind of hopelessness, the kind of despair one can experience without God. In cell number one, the officers encouraged the women to chat with one another. In this cell, Chen Shang and Xiao Hui began to sing. In English, the song says, River of life, river of joy, slowly flows into my heart. I want to sing the song, sing the heavenly song, the darkened clouds over my head, the saddened tears of my heart will all be gone. In the midst of hopelessness and despair, heaven came to earth. First, it was just the two Christians singing, but before long, Everyone in the cell joined in. The lyrics were lovely, everyone agreed. Xiao Hui said God showed her when it was time to speak or sing, and when it was time to be silent. She didn't want to throw her pearls before swine, but waited for a receptive atmosphere. God helped me to discern the right moments. It was not something I usually know. Those right moments were not coincidental. I could sense God leading, protecting, and even exalting me. In the darkness of prison, a river of life and joy was flowing in and through Xiaohui's heart. Even when her body was wasting away, her inner self is being renewed day by day. There were times when your bottom hurt from sitting, when your legs swelled from standing, when you had to work, when you felt tired after you finished praying for people, when you wanted to move while standing there because of mosquito bites, when it was too hot because of no air conditioner or fan, and when you had a hard time listening to all the cursing. However, when I really overcame it, I felt so grateful that the day had passed in the blink of an eye, just like that. I really experienced the fact that with the Lord, a thousand years is as one day. Indeed, I experienced that fifteen days was but just a blink of an eye. For her, there was no shame in that shameful place. Her spirit was unshackled. Xiao Hui is not a superhero. Remember, this is a woman who wanted to commit suicide out of shame if her fiancé breaks up with her. 
When her husband spent 15 days in jail, she didn't even tell her siblings because she was so ashamed of what happened to her family. One day at a time, I was not overwhelmed by the circumstances, not pressed by physical illnesses. I could still have freedom in my soul. Although it seemed like this ought to have been the deepest pit of shame in her life, Xiao Hui experienced honor and blessing, even in jail. Every day, when I was on duty, standing, I really felt the help of God's smiling countenance on me. But the experience she had in prison, it wasn't just about her. Her decision to follow Christ was not a choice she made alone, and it did not impact her alone. Your scarcity I am full In your want I am enough In your silence I am your voice I am the one Who will gather broken peace you scatter, bring your fragments, I will make them whole. On the next episode of The House Church in China, we'll talk about the communal fellowship and the collective experience of God's light. Xiao Hui's experience of light driving out darkness was shared with those in prison. Eventually, it overflowed to her church and her family. I had the distinct experience of God looking at me with his smiling face. And he was also looking at my husband. Perhaps my husband was also on duty and standing. When he gets out, I'll ask him whether he was on duty on a certain date at a certain time, the same as I was. I am the one Gather broken pieces you scatter, bring your fragments. I will make them whole. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the House Church in China. We're so glad you're you're hanging with us um, all the way to episode three. Um, I know this has probably been. Uh, an intense episode talking about a lot of things we don't normally experience here in North America. Um, so my co-host and I are just interested in taking some time to kind of unpack it a little bit, um, draw out some of the themes, um, and and try to pick out some application points. Um, I'm Hannah Nation. I'm China Partnerships Content Director, and I'm here with uh, my co-host, Ryan Zhang. And um, yeah, Ryan, tell me what you're thinking about this episode. I was thinking about where she, when she was in prison and a lot of people did not understand why she was there because prison in China is for criminals 
And these people were gamblers. They were addicts. They violated some kind of laws, and it makes sense for them to be in prison. It's their rightful place. But for someone like Xiao Hui, it's not that she didn't do anything wrong. She was a fairly good person, and she was a loving and kind person. And they just could not make sense why she was in there. And I think it got me thinking about what are some of the places in our culture in American society where it does not make sense to find a Christian. Maybe these are places where. People would not expect Christians to show up because Christians usually disassociate themselves with those places, or Christians have been too critical of those places, like um, mainstream media or um, or academia, or places that just are too far out of the Christians' comfort zone. I'm thinking about some of the people I know, missionaries I know that go to India and to help with. Women and sexual slaveries. People who are very far away on the other side of the globe that have nothing to do with their daily lives, but they somehow raise a ton of money and go over there and help buy them out of slavery, give them jobs, set up training for them, and and I think there are a lot of good places like that, dark places like that, where Christians should show up and surprise people by being there.、Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm also just thinking about. Places、um, within our own country where you know we we do have a jail system,、um, we have you know lots of people who are incarcerated, and、um, even if it might not be for religious reasons of religious persecution, there's still a huge need for Christians to show up and be present and、um, <clears throat> to be at work within that system, or even just thinking about you know. Detention centers on the southern border,、um, immigration detention centers, and and just a lot of the the struggles there.、Um, I have friends from seminary who are、um, pastoring a church in El Paso, right on the border, and and just talking to them about the needs of their community and、um, the struggles that they see.、Um, just huge, huge needs for Christians to, I think. Really, be present. Or another thing that I think a lot about is,、um, you know, in in this episode,、um, E. F. Gregory made the comparison between、um, the gamblers that Chao Hui was jailed with with heroin addicts in the U. S. And、mm. you know, addiction is,、um, it you know, it, we might have different addictions and, and different forms of addictions, but. Gosh, if there's a place for the church to need to show up and be the physical light in a very dark reality, it's our our addictions in the U.S. and those who are struggling with it. So I think there are so many places where,、um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting how much the recurring theme is just. Light in the darkness, you know,、mm-hmm. and I think it's easy for us to imagine the darkness being far away,、mm-hmm. or as you said, wanting to distance ourselves from darkness. I、mm-hmm. think、um, sometimes in our kind of Christian lingo, there can be an emphasis on, you know, what what is pure and what is holy, and that is what we are called to dwell on、mm-hmm. and fill our minds with. But we are called to also. Take that into places of darkness intentionally,、mm-hmm. and shine Christ's light into those places. So, lots to chew on and lots to think about.
Um, one of the other things I was thinking about with this episode is is um, just the the topic of shame in the midst of persecution, to be honest, is one that's new for me. Um, I think it's just very interesting to think about how um, persecution is in, it, it induces shame in people. I think it's it intends to induce shame in people. And um, I think it's very powerful the ways that Xiao Hui talks about um, the gospel's ability to, to break that shame and mm-hmm. to make her free in the midst of what she's experiencing. Yeah, I think shame is a very communal experience. And in America, a lot of us Christians are fairly insulated where a lot of our friends are Christians, families are Christians, so that if we were, let's say, persecuted, we would feel supported by them instead of feeling a sense of shame because they understand what we're going through because they're also Christians. But in China, so many people's families and friends are not Christians. So when they were thrown in jail, people don't understand why they were thrown in jail. So they look down on them and they they make fun of them and mock them. So I think that's it's a very real experience for Xiao Hui, for her siblings to not understand what she's doing because they were not Christians. Yeah. Well, and I think this connects even back to your question about <clears throat> where um, are Christians showing up as light in the midst of darkness? Because I, th- I think if you're going to be intentionally seeking to be light in a place of darkness, you probably have to wrestle with the shame that you're likely to feel. Um, and I think that that's often where compromise can happen. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if you are seeking to go into places of darkness and you feel that shame, that's going to put a great pr- pressure on you to compromise. You know, when everyone around you is telling you, um, that you're you're doing something wrong or inappropriate or out of line, whether that's the academic world, whether that's you know um, working with addicts, I I don't know whatever it would be. Um, you have to have an incredibly keen sense of the gospel's power in your life, and and how it frees you from whatever shame people may want to. Um, put upon you um, in order to actually be a light, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you can't really have that power of Christ to shine in a dark place if you're if you're battling shame, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think I, I've, it's interesting because um, a lot of the the pastors that we know across China, are experiencing very significant revival of grace in their own lives. And a lot of the testimonies that they talk about center on just their renewed understanding of, of grace and of God's grace um, to them and for them. And and so it's interesting to think about how that connects with persecution. And a lot of them talk about sense of union with Christ. And I'm reading Paul Miller's J-Curve and talks about the union of Christ that you go down with Christ in, in suffering with Him, but also you rise with Him, and that hope and being in union of Christ's resurrection could break that power of shame because it's you are, God is pleased with you and you will be victorious with Christ, and that overcomes the whole sense of shame that 
Mm. Xiao Fei, I think that helps Xiao Fei experience mm-hmm. or overcome the sense of shame. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could say one of the big take takeaways from this episode for people is you know seek to be light in the darkness, but as you seek to be that light, live into the gospel and live into what um, union with Christ um, means for you know your freedom from shame. You know, and your freedom from um, whatever the world might try to throw at you, and the ways that might try to shame you, you're free from that, and that is what gives you the power to be light in the darkness. Well, we'll wrap up there. We'll um, we'll be excited to get to the next episode. We've got one more episode in this season. Um, lots to unpack um, in that episode. But um, thank you so much for for listening. Thank you so much for helping get the word out about this podcast. Um, If you haven't yet shared um, news about this podcast with friends, churches, online, on social media, please do so and um, help let people know about what we're doing here. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The House Church in China is written by E.F. Gregory and is a production of China Partnership. It is hosted by me, Hannah Nation. And by me, Ryan Zhang. Yang Xiaohui is voiced by Rachel Chen. To protect their identity, we are using pseudonyms for Chinese citizens. Sound engineering by John Stewart and mixing by Robbie Breckenridge. Our songs this week are Psalm 4 and Scarcity, I Am, by Daniel Snoke. Many thanks to our musical guest, Irene Sun. Additional music by IB Audio and PremiumBeat.com. Special thanks to City Reform Presbyterian Church for use of their space and equipment. And please, as you finish listening to this episode, take a moment to pray for the church in China. Fill me with your joy and songs of praise. Rest, let me rest. Cover me with love and show your.